Welcome back to the Lady Heather Show, where I talk about my life so you can forget about yours. On today's episode, we're going to talk about plastic surgery, more plastic surgery, and I can't remember because I don't have a list. Buckle up. I'm back, I'm back, I'm back. And I have to figure out where we got to go way back, kind of, to start because we haven't talked since before my surgery and things changed even since we last talked. But first, I want to start off with something funny because if I don't say this now, I fear I will forget. This morning, I think it was this morning, it may have been a couple days ago, you don't actually care. Um, I was getting the girls ready uh, for school. I've been up and at um, the past couple mornings helping Steven get everybody out the, out the door. And um, <clears throat> Steven jokingly told short- Tori to shut up. And Tori was telling me, well, she, she's like, I thought y'all said that was a bad word. And I'm like, well, I mean, it's not really. She's like, well, somebody at school said it's not a bad word, but it's a mean word. I said, that is true. That is very true. And I say, you know, sometimes I tell you to shut up. It's when I'm kidding, right? She's like, yeah. And then I was doing Stella's hair in the mirror and Tori's in her closet putting her shoes on. And she's like, mommy, do you remember when Tori, I mean, when Stella was a a baby and she screamed a bad word while she was putting shoes on? We're like, yeah. And, uh, yeah, I remember that. I'm shocked that Tori remembers it. Stella was two. Um, and I said, Tori, do you remember what word she said? And Tori's like, no. I said, she said the worst word. And Tori's like, what? Tell me. I'm like, no, I'm not going to tell you. Um, she's like, she said the worst word. She's like, I thought that was shut up. I'm like, Tori, no. I said, she said the F word. She's like, just tell me. I said, she said, fuck. And then Tori's like, oh, like, no big deal. I'm like, are you kidding me? You have everything all backwards. Shut up is not really a bad word, um, but fuck actually is, especially when you're two. Do y'all remember this? She, we wouldn't let her wear high heels outside and she threw herself on the ground, threw the shoes that she had in her hand down and she said, oh, fuck it, man. At two years old, that is Stella. So anyways, I just thought that was really funny. I probably chopped and screwed that whole story, but whatever. Okay. So I'm not in my, my usual podcasting space because I cannot sit on my ass. And sorry, let me stop cussing. Well, no promises, but I I can't sit down and I can't sit down for three weeks. And if you're following me on Instagram, which of course you are, because how the hell else would you have found me here? Um, I got plastic surgery. I was going in for another breast lift, catch up on a previous episode if you don't understand why I was going for my third breast lift here. Um, And it's something I didn't even talk to you guys about. And I think at the time that I recorded the last episode, I don't even know how much I had thought about it. But I was I was thinking, you know, while I'm under and I'm already paying for the operating room, I'm already paying for the anesthesia, you know, I'm I'm already there. What if I just got a little lipo on my stomach? And I I kind of 
mentioned it to Steven, although I didn't think he was going to go for it just because financially I thought he'd be like, you're out of your mind. No. Um, so I just kind of slid it to him that I messaged Dr. Downey last night and I'm just looking into how much it would be to do a little lipo in my stomach. I just kind of slid that over to him and he's like, oh, okay, okay. Then didn't say anything else. I kind of changed the subject really quickly because I didn't want him to tell me no. And then later that day, he texts me and he's like, I've been thinking. And I'm like, oh God, he's going to tell me not to do it. I can't, you know. And he's like, I- I've been thinking. Since you're going under and you're, you want to get the fat sucked out, have you thought about transferring it into your butt? Which he, which he doesn't know the term Brazilian butt lift. So he, he thinks of it as a fat transfer. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I love you. I knew I loved you, but this is why I love you. Hell yes, I'll do it. And so then I started researching BBL, Brazilian butt lift. Um, and I talked to the doctor about it. She's like, we'll talk the, the morning of surgery and we'll see what we can do. Because this was two days before my surgery that I decided I wanted to do this. And so I was at work literally the day before my surgery and I was searching you know, liposuction and then fat transfer. And I was watching all these YouTube videos of, well, I've seen it done like on, um, I follow different plastic surgeons on Instagram and I'm sure I've seen it on YouTube. Like it's really fascinating and it's been a really common surgery, you know, in the past few years. Um, but then I was watching recovery stories on YouTube. I'm like, oh hell no, I, I don't think I can do this. I told Steven, I'm like, I really just, I, I don't think I can do it. And so I kind of wavered back and forth. I'm like, let's just talk to down, Dr. Downey and we'll see. But if, if you're really down for this, and I'm a little bit scared of this just because of the recovery, and Stephen's like, I got the girls. I will take care of them. You have always talked about how you have a concave ass, and now's your opportunity if you want to, to use the fat that you're taking out anyway. I'm like, okay, let's just see. But if, if we're going to do this, I need you to go buy all of these things. And I watched this one video that said things you need to know before you come home from a BBL. And it, I wrote it with probably a freaking crayon on a ripped out piece of paper. And it included all these gauze strips, um, uh, adult diapers. Um, I mean, I don't even remember. A little wedge that I'm sitting on right now, like to kind of a wedge-shaped pillow, all this stuff. And this was the night before surgery. And so in the morning we go, um, okay, so the night before surgery, I'm, I'm thinking that I'm open to doing BBL. I went back and forth. I decided I'm open for it and we'll see what Dr. Downey says because Dr. Downey was still thinking I need a tummy tuck. And I'm like, I really don't want a tummy tuck. This is just for me personally. And this is how I feel right now. Do I have the ability to change my mind and go back on everything I'm saying? Yes, I do. But right now, I don't like the look of a tummy tuck stomach. To me, it just looks like your torso suddenly shrinks. And I think it has to do with the way the belly button is, you know, remade. And I I just don't, I don't like the look of it. I would rather have a little bit of saggy skin on my stomach than have a brand new belly button and, you know, and I'm looking at myself, I'm like, girl, I have fat on my stomach. I know what it's like to have a flat 
stomach and extra skin because the past two babies, not this third one, but the past two babies, I've been there. This one, there's some freaking fat there. And she's like, I just don't know if you have enough fat here, if it's going to be worth it to transfer. And I'm like, well, you could take some out of my thighs too. Hello. I'm like, I have a lot of fat up there. And so she's squeezing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm already, I'm jumping around, but she's squeezing. I'm, we're now in the, in the pre-op right before I'm getting surgery. So she's squeezing my thighs. She's kind of marking me up. And she's like, yeah, I mean, we can try. I'm like, Kara, I trust you. If suddenly you're in there and you feel like it is totally not worth it to transfer it because part of your fat dies off anyways, you're like at the end of the day, you're only left with a certain amount of fat cells or, you know, fat that you transfer. Some of it dissolves, reabsorbs, whatever. So I'm like, if, if you feel like it's a waste of money and time, then don't do it. And she's like, okay, well, you know, I'm already going to have you flipped over. Oh, because I had this, I had this pocket of fat on my lower back, right where my tramp stamp is. And, um, so I wanted her to get that. That's something that's always annoyed me. She's like, well, since I'm going to flip you over anyway, we might as well try, you know, if there's enough. I'm like, okay, sounds great. So then Dr. Downey leaves the area, has to tell the surgeon, the anesthesiologist, not the surgeon, she's the surgeon, the nurses, like, hey, change of plans. We need to get garments for her. I told Stephen, Stephen was there. I'm like, get that shopping list and go. And Dr. Downey's like, you know, this is probably going to add an hour and a half or more to her hour, hour and a half, no, two hour surgery. He's like, okay, no problem. And I was excited. Okay. So the night before I had to take, um, two Zofrans and two of, um, a pain pill. I, but it's not like a narcotic pain pill. This is a non-narcotic pain pill, I think. Um, and so I took two and two the night before surgery. So I woke up the next morning and I still felt drugged. Like I felt calm and cool. It was still in my system. And so whenever I got to Dr. Downey's office, I got there at seven and Dr. Downey was going to get there a little bit after. My surgery was at eight. And so I was telling the nurse who was starting me off, I said, I have not taken my medication for the morning because I was supposed to do the same thing, take two Zofran and two of the pain just to kind of get ahead of the pain before the surgery. And I said, I have not taken anything because we're going to discuss other operations while I'm under and I want to be sober while I do this, not all loop, you know, loopy. And so she's like, okay, okay. I said, but I'm calm right now. Like I feel fine. I feel good. I'm, I'm not nervous. I'm not panicking or anything. And so then Dr. Downey comes in and we do the whole, you know, discussing everything. And here we are. I, I'm, on the bed, the um, anesthesiologist comes in. He's a guy, which is always... <sighs> I feel like I always have to have a guy anesthesiologist or a guy doctor whenever I'm getting plastic surgery. And it, it just thinks I'm going to be laying there naked. It just sucks. It's kind of awkward. It's, but I, I, I guess I had a male gynecologist for this last baby. But Anyway, everybody was so, so, so nice. And they, instead of doing um, a, where like they give me the IV and kind of roll me into the operating room because both sides of me were going to get operated on, we had to do a standing prep. So I go into the operating room, I walk in there and I take off my, my gown thing. And then they put, it's not iodine, but it kind of kind of smells like that. It's just not as orange as the iodine I remember seeing from um, 
but like C-sections and stuff. Um, but they're like painting me front and back with it. So I'm standing in my birthday suit, everything out. They're painting me. Dr. John is like, oh, I forgot to get a before picture. I'm like, well, here we go. Like, this is horrifying. Um, but what a, what a real before picture. So we, she did before pictures front and back right there as I was being painted. And then they told me to carefully sit down on the bed, lay down. They had those, uh, it looks like a cross uh, where, you know, you lay down on the bed and then you have to lay your arms out. And then they're talking about strapping my arms down before surgery. I'm like, oh, can you put me to sleep before you strap me down? <laughs> like, that's such a scary thing. Like, when I had my C-section with Tori, my very first C-section, because I had tried to, I had pushed her almost out. And then we ended up having to do a C-section and they strapped my arms down. And I think that was one of the scariest parts just feels barbaric and if you've ever seen the movie the old movie fire in the sky with aliens that terrified my that haunts me to this day that's what it reminds me of so anyways they said yeah that's you know we'll we'll do that after we get you under and then the anesthesiologist starts talking to me and tells me you know he's gonna he starts putting something in. I'm like, wait, is this the, is this it? He's like, well, this is kind of like a little cocktail, like a little margarita. And then I don't remember anything else from there. And I, I obviously fall asleep, wake up. I do not remember waking up in recovery. Um, when I got my first um, breast surgery, breast lift and implants, excuse my voice, I'm so sorry. Um, I remember waking up in a tremendous amount of pain, which shocked me because I didn't think it was going to be as painful to wake up. Like most people, when I see when they get boob jobs, they wake up and they're fine and comfortable. So this time, that's the first memory that I have. I think I remember getting in the car and I wasn't in pain. I wasn't nauseous. I mean, things were a little sore, but it really wasn't bad at all. And I had on the the garment that you have after, um, they call it a faha, and I guess that's the technical term for it too, not just a nickname, but it's this bodysuit where in Dr. Downey's, the, the butt was cut out, so my butt is out, and I have pants on, don't worry. So my butt is out, and then um, it comes up, it's really tight, like tight shorts, like Spanx shorts, and then comes up and like right under your boobs, but there's no bra in that. And then there's these like straps that go up to hold the whole thing up. And then my, my chest is all, um, wrapped up. And, uh, so I remember getting in the car and I knew that I couldn't sit on my butt. So I was like leaning forward and holding on. Like it was a little bit crazy. And now that I think of it, I wish I remember asking Steven to stop for something. And he's like, are you sure you don't want to go home and then I can come back? I'm like, no, I'm sure. Oh, I wanted a Diet Coke. (laughs) That's what it was. So I made him stop for a Diet Coke because I wanted a fountain Diet Coke. I think that's what it was. So we stopped and then we get home. He helped. Um, I was looking at something on my phone and he looked at my ass and took a picture of it. And I was like kind of leaning over on the counter doing something on my phone. And then he showed me a picture. I'm like, oh my God. Oh my God, like my ass was huge. 
And so I pulled my pants down and looked. I'm like, oh my God, I look like a Kardashian. So I look in the mirror and my ass is huge and swollen sticking out of this this bodysuit. And the sides, like you can, from the front, you can look at me and see my ass in in my, not profile, like my hips, my ass, everything. It was like, oh my God, this is wow, 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 wow. And Dr. Downey, I do remember her telling, well, she told Stephen that she was shocked by how much fat I had. I'm like, bitch, I told you. She was shocked by how much fat I had and that she had to stop herself from putting it in because it would have made my butt too big. I'm like, I told you. So anyway, so I'm a little bit shocked, a little nervous because I really do feel like I look like I have a, like a, like a, whenever I describe this, you know, the Kardashians, like uh, specifically Kim and Chloe's, they look like ants. Like, and I was trying to explain it to Dr. Downey at my first post off. She's like, what do you mean ants? I'm like, their ass looks like, like a, like a thorax, like a, it's just this thing hanging off of them. Anyway, so I'm a little freaked out, but not too much. Like I trust Dr. Downey and I know that she wasn't going to make me look insane. Um, so I go and I lay down, you know, Stephen helps get me propped up and I was just kind of in and out that day. He did help me take my pain medicine that day and I think he stayed home for the rest of the day. Starting the next morning, he was gone. He went to work. Like his hope was to stay home a couple of days with me, but he just had so much going on. And I was totally fine being by myself. And I wasn't really hungry throughout the day. Um, so I didn't really eat until the evening time for probably the first week, most of it. Um, I just didn't really have an appetite. But overall, the you know the beginning part of my recovery was really the first few couple of days were really good like not bad the my swelling was really bad um and that that faha that i had on was really hurting me because it's like where my ass was sticking out it was digging into me and my hips because you swell so much after surgery so i ended up getting um a little it looks very similar um, at Target, like a, it looks like a faha as well, but it has the covering over the butt, but that gives the butt a little support. It's not just hanging out, free balling it like my last one. Um, and so I got it in a size large because the one that Dr. Downing gave me was a medium. And um, so it it just, it was still really tight and I was really swollen, but it helped not like dig into me. I felt like, I felt like something like my, my ass was going to turn black and die because there was no blood flow getting to it anymore. It was just like cut off. Um, and so we go to my post-op and I forget. So I had it on, my surgery was on a Tuesday and I had my post-op on Friday and the Friday was the day that the pain really hit me. And I was not feeling great. And, you know, we had to go to the doctor. You know, we had to go see Downey. And she was surprised. She's she's like, you look like you're going to be sick. Are you okay? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, you know, the pain just really hit me today. Because three people from her office called me the day after surgery to check on me. And I'm like, I'm good. And they were all surprised at how great I sounded. But then, you know, the, the pain really came in. 
and um, she was checking my my body, like checking things. She's like, "Wow, you've uh, you know you've got a great shape." I'm like, "Did you put fat on my hips?" She's like, "No, I only put fat like in the lower in the lower part of your butt where we talked about the the concave part." Okay, she just filled that in. She didn't add anything to my hips. It was all swelling, and I think she, I mean maybe she she did some lipo on the side of my butt because I feel like I'm bruised there, but she didn't add fat there. So I'm like, "Okay, so I'm not going to look." ridiculous. She's like, no, not at all. Um, and she's like the swelling, you know, you're going to continue to be swollen for a while and you're not going to see the full result of everything until a few, a few months after surgery, like four months, your body just kind of transition and settles and everything. And, um, so on the, the fourth and fifth day or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it was like the third, fourth, and maybe fifth day were probably my toughest days where I was in a lot of pain. And thinking back, I can't really identify what was hurting me so much. I mean, I think it was the lipo and I think it was just the lipo because you do feel like you've kind of been hit by a truck. And mine was on my lower back, my inner thighs. Um, My butt was sore, but not bad. And oh, 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 and on my stomach. Okay, so she also did a skin tightening treatment on me. I think it's called Rejuvion, something like that. But it's something that happens while you're under. And I, I thought it was like a treatment right before surgery. I'm like, wait, is this a treatment that I have to come back and do like after my surgery and like sit in your office and do this treatment? She's like, no, it's it's done while you're under. It's this thing that they stick into your skin, kind of like the lipo wand, but um, it just, it goes really slowly in and out under your skin across the whole surface that you're tightening and just tightens everything up. And she said that too, it takes a while to see the effects of that. Um, but I think because of that, that made me really sore too. But I will say that from the um, videos that I watched uh, on recovery, my recovery has been a freaking breeze. I had no drainage, literally no blood. I, I had, oh, that's what I had. I had puppy pads because so many people had so much drainage and blood coming out of their lipo places. And then I guess um, the where the where they put the fat in like on your butt where they the where the wand went in there um all this stuff but I did not have any of that I was worried like because some people did BBLs and they stayed in the hospital or went to a recovery place like so many people did that and I'm thinking oh my gosh so I'm just going to do it and then go home that day like I asked Dr. Downing, I'm like, you're sure I'm going to be good? She's like, yeah, you're going to be fine. And I totally was. So I think if if you're interested in doing this and you watch those videos, know, know that maybe, definitely, obviously, that's a possibility. Or you could be like me and it feels like, you know, just getting your boobs done or any, like, really not a big deal. Um, so what are we on day... What is today? Today is Friday. So it's been like a week and a half. And the past couple days, I've gotten in my car, used my little pillow to hold my... I put it under my thighs, this little pillow. And so 
when I'm sitting down in my car, my ass doesn't sit on the seat. So I've been able to do that and run around. And um, for the most part, I feel really, really good. But after I do a bunch of things, I get really tired. And so instead of like over, over, the, over time, I've been where I would have little bursts of energy, like an hour where I could do stuff around the house. And then I was in a lot of pain and felt really tired. And then now it's to where like I almost have a full day's worth of energy to do laundry and run errands, run around. But then the next day I feel exhausted. And so I'm trying to balance things back out. I think, I mean, since I work for myself, I have the ability to take as much time to heal as I need. And I was thinking, well, maybe two weeks I'll go back to work. But I truly cannot sit on my ass for three weeks. And I know that I'm going to be worn out. So I think I'm going to take it easy again till closer to the three-week mark. And... um yeah, this is the first time that I've truly enjoyed recovery from a surgery. And I will say Stephen has been an angel, like a, an angel, an angel that doesn't clean the house very well, but an angel. He's been incredible with the kids, like most of the mornings for, you know, seven or eight days. I think on day nine was when I woke up with him for the first time and helped him. But he's been sleeping on the couch in the living room because he snores and I can't, I'm a side sleeper and I sleep with a pillow over my head so it helps to block out the noise from him. Now that I can only lay on my back with my butt propped up because of my boob job, I can't lay on my stomach to let my butt heal. It's this whole, it's kind of annoying, this healing process. But so when I put the pillow over my head, I can't really block the sound out from him snoring. And so he's been good sleeping on the couch. And it's just been, he's been amazing, really supportive and really understanding. And I think I've been a pretty good patient. I have not, I haven't been super needy. Um, But usually I don't like being, I feel bad not being able to contribute to things. But he truly said, no, no you know, I, I want you to do this if you want to do it and I, I'm going to help you. I have to get up and get some water, throw myself over here because my throat is so dry. Um, so he's been amazing. Uh, the laundry was piled up to the ceiling. Uh, the past couple days I've been working on it. I'm almost done with it, but it's all folded and sitting on my dining room table as I'm walking by it. Um, hold on. I'm dying. ASMR. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, that's better. Um, but yeah, I feel like, oh, okay. I did not make a list to talk to you like I should have, so flying by the seat of my pants. Um, so you know that my guilty pleasure is watching um, and... I'm not trying to be offensive. This is truly what it's called, like obese people on YouTube, what they eat in a day, um, 
my 600 pound life, all of that. Like I love knowing what, what people are eating and I don't know, you know, I'm just fascinated by, I don't know why I just love it. But you know, bored in bed, I've been watching, sorry, I'm getting back in bed and I have to prop myself up. Um, I've been watching, uh, what do you call it? Vintage Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I think I'd started it over a long time ago and then I switched over to New York. And so I switched back over and I think I was on um, season three probably when I started it again this time. And now we're on season six. I'm watching the reunion of that. And that's, I've really been enjoying that. Usually um, New York is just like my go-to. I I think I'll rewatch it, re-binge it every year, starting from the beginning. Um, but Beverly Hills has really held my attention. And it's interesting because this season, um, Faye Resnick and Catherine, I don't know what her last name is, um, but the, the people that were involved in the O.J. Simpson trial with Nicole Brown Simpson and all of that. Anyways, they were in this last season and so it was kind of fresh on my mind. And uh, Stephen and I just started to watch a movie on, uh, it's on Star, 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 Showtime. Oh gosh, Showtime. Is that a thing? Oh my gosh, I think it's Showtime. It's the red uh, uh, icon on your screen. Anyway, um, it. we watched a few minutes of it. I'm like, oh, this is crazy that, you know, I'm going to watch this and this is also kind of fresh on my mind from the Beverly Hills, but it was the worst acting. I mean, Steven ended up falling asleep and I ended up playing on my phone and I couldn't even pay attention. It was so horrible. Um, the main character who, the woman who plays Nicole Brown Simpson is, um, the, one of the characters from American Pie. Um, I can't remember her name, but she's got her teeth redone and she looks, She's kind of a little odd looking in American Pie. And in this movie, she looks beautiful and normal. Um, Hold on. Sorry. In this movie, she looks beautiful and normal. Um, But getting her teeth redone, she did a good job. I think the teeth that she picked look really natural. But, you know, actors that have their original teeth and not like Hollywood teeth are so much better to watch in movies because they just seem more real and more believable and not so perfect, which is so strange because in real life, aren't we all kind of trying to fix our teeth, fix our this, fix our that? But in movies, they don't hire people that have crazy amounts of Botox and can't have expressions on their face. And, you know, they get people that look real and those are the best kind to watch. But yet in real life, here we are, you know, quote unquote, perfecting ourselves. I just think it's interesting. Um, I guess let's go back to um, my plastic surgery. So when I was thinking that I wanted to get liposuction, I was a little bit nervous to... Did I talk about this? Now I can't even remember if I told you I thought I wanted lipo. I, I, I lose track of what I say on my Instagram stories and what I say here, but I was nervous to tell people that I wanted lipo because 
I don't know. I was a little afraid of judgment. No, this was my Instagram, an Instagram post because I was afraid of judgment. And it's kind of dumb because what's the difference between a breast lift and lipo? I mean, it's both of them are unnecessary and purely aesthetic. So why I would feel more shame or embarrassment, shame and embarrassment is not the right way to put it why I would feel like I would be more judged with the lipo than a boob job, I'm not really sure. I mean, we know I get Botox, I get my lips filled, and we know I've had my boobs done. And I I take no, I do not feel bad about any of that at all. But something about changing my physical body, like my my fat, it's changing my fat. When, you know, we know that I've been struggling with my weight and things like that. But then at the end of the day, I'm like, fuck it. I want to do it, you know. Um, oh, gosh. So I, I did not, what I was thinking after we made this final decision, you know, the day of surgery, I'm like, what the hell am I going what to, what am I going to tell my daughters? Because they understand a boob lift, kind of. They're like, so they're not going to be so floppy? Tori says that. I'm like, bitch. Yes, that's exactly why. Um, but with you know, the lipo and uh, the, the, my butt getting bigger. I'm like, I have got to figure out how I'm going to deal with this. And so I think it was day two, the girls saw me in my pajama pants. And this is when I still, that was super swollen and my ass was sticking out of that thing. I mean, it was huge. And Stella looked at me, they were being so sweet, you know, because I've had, you know, my boobs done before, four months ago. So they're really sweet about my surgeries. And after I had Teddy, my C-section, like they're just great. But Stella walks behind me and she's like, mommy, why is your butt so big? I'm Steven. We lock eyes and he just starts dying laughing. I'm like, okay, I guess we're going to have to do this now. And I'm like, well, uh, because I wanted it to be. And she's like, but why? I'm like, I just, it's something that I wanted to do. And Stella's like, no, 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 mommy. But, but why did you do that? I'm like, Stella, leave me alone. And so the next morning, I'm like, Tori was there and Tori said that she noticed that my butt was bigger too. I'm like, well, I took some of the fat from my stomach and I put it in my butt. And they're like, what? Why? I'm like, I wanted my butt to be a little bit bigger. I'm like, my body was absolutely perfect before and it's perfect now. It's just a decision. And Tori and I have had fights over, you know, her uniform shirts. We have 15 red shirts and 10 light blue shirts and, you know, 10 navy blue shirts, whatever. That girl would not wear a red shirt for the longest time. She just wanted to wear the light blue shirts every single day. And I think I've told you about this before, but we've had major knockdown drag out fights about her not wearing a damn red shirt. And I said, you know how you like blue shirts better than red shirts? Tori's like, yeah. I'm like, I like a bigger butt. I'm like, it doesn't mean anything. My body, you know, my body was perfect before. It's just a, a decision that I wanted to make. They're like, oh, okay. I'm like, but please don't go telling your friends at school. Like, this is a, like a private thing. <laughs> How ironic is that? This is such a private thing, but I'm telling everybody on Instagram and everybody listening to my podcast. But I just don't want them having that discussion with their daycare friends or, you know, at the lunch table at school. But I haven't had any other questions from them about that. Um, 
now that the swelling has really gone down, I, it truly just looks like I have a normal butt, not a concave butt. That is it. It doesn't look, nobody, you know, everybody's so excited to see my results. I just look normal. I just look absolutely normal. And because I was heavier before, my butt being flat wasn't as noticeable as, you know, when I'm 130 pounds being 145 pounds, my butt was a little fuller. And over, over the years, I've been doing a lot of lower body work. And so I think it was in a better position, but now it just looks great. I'm so happy. And with my stomach, I am so freaking happy. It's, I I just, I feel great. I feel really, really, really great. And I love my shape. I feel feminine. Like, I love it. Right now, I don't have any desire to lose weight, which is incredible. You're like, bitch, you've got lipo. I know, I know, I know. But still, I still feel like I'm the same weight that I was before. And I probably am close to that. You know, I'm not weighing myself now. But in general, with my body, I just feel feminine and beautiful. And I feel amazing. It reminds me, like, whenever I got um, my tattoos in... Dallas. Remember I got the misspelled tattoo on my arm, but at the same time I got this beautiful like line art woman on my bicep on my right arm. Whenever I did that, I'm like, it made me fall in love with my arm. It's just like my arms were beautiful. I didn't see them anymore as like sausages, you know, that I needed to get my, my buys and tries and delts back you know, fixed. It just, my arm was beautiful. It made me feel beautiful. And the best way I can describe this surgery is it, I feel beautiful. And I truly, it, it, this is not, this is a a process that I've been going through. Do I feel like my life is going to be better because I don't have a concave ass? No, obviously not. Will I still feel fat sometimes? Yes, a million percent. This did not fix me. This did not fix anything in my brain. The issues that I have in my brain with my body image, I will still and am still having to work through. And the things that I did to my body, I knew going into it were not going to fix my brain because those are two separate things. You know, your joy and your... the 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 way that your brain has been working is not really a circumstantial thing. I've felt like I was fat pretty much my entire life. So I'm, I'm enjoying these moments where I'm, I'm loving my body. I'm loving how I feel and I hope it continues to be that way. But I know that it's, it's going to be something that I still struggle with. I I'm under no delusion that I fixed myself, quote unquote, hold on. I have to get another drink. Um, thinking back to surgery again, I was really surprised whatever pain pills, it started with a G, but, um, I thought I was going to be good. But then when I went in for my post-op, I'm like, I think you need to give me more. She's like, yeah, no problem. If you need it, just call it in. And I ended up calling it in that day because it was a Friday and I knew we were going to go into the weekend and she refilled it the same amount, however many pills it was. Um, and usually before, like after C-sections and stuff, when I had, what is it? Hydrocodone, hydrocodone, um, they were, were, would be really weird about refilling them. It made me feel like a total junkie. Um, this, this stuff worked really great, way better than Tylenol 3, which I think is a joke. 
Um, whatever this stuff was, it worked and really helped with the pain, but did not make me feel crazy. I think I felt so loopy after taking the Zofrin and them together. I think I felt that way because they both can make you like sleepy, dizzy. So I think stacked it, it, you know, made me feel tired and a little bit out of it. What else is happening? Okay. So Oh, I go golly, I told you that I'm all over the place. So I my my newest obsession on YouTube is I'm still watching, you know, my favorite um plus size people. Um I'm still watching them, still loving that. But um I f- found this girl, I ran across her. Her name is Alex. Please tell me if you know this girl. Hold on, I have to take another drink of water. Please tell me if you know her. Her YouTube is called HRH Collection. And I just Googled this today. I've been, I've, I've watched like 50 videos of her. HRH Collection. Her name is Alex and HRH stands for Her Royal Highness or His Royal Highness. In this case, it would be Her Royal Highness. So I Googled that because I'm like, I don't understand why she calls her business HRH. Like her name's Alex. But she is super controversial. You think I'm controversial? She's insane, but I love watching her. There's a part of me that totally relates with her type of crazy. Oh my God. Oh my God. Ladies. No, ma'am. Hey, no. Sorry. I don't know why they're fighting. Um, but yeah, I have been obsessively watching her videos. Now, she will offend you. She is offensive. She is. You have to take, you have to understand her sense of humor. And she's just so entertaining to me. But she, her HRH collection is her jewelry business. And I'm so fascinated by, I love her jewelry. Obsessed, 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 obsessed. But she really does. She says that she hand makes all her pieces. I find that hard to believe, but maybe not. But what a job. You've created a jewelry line and you get to make these pieces and create. And then, I don't know, it just seems like a dream come true. So check out her jewelry. I think it's really affordably priced and it is, I'm totally obsessed I'm so sorry. I have to keep drinking water. I just don't want to have a cough attack here with you. Um, what else? So yeah, I, I, I recommend you dive into that. Also, if you don't know who trailer trash Tammy is and her muck, what does she call them? Mukbangs? Mook, not she, she, trailer trash Tammy is hilarious. The, the girl's name is really Chelsea. But the first time I watched Trailer Trash Tammy, I thought she was real. Like, I thought this was a real person. I didn't realize she was, you know, character acting. But she's hilarious. Love watching her. Um, what else? We've been watching... It is Showtime. That's what I was trying to think of earlier. We've been watching a ton of indie movies on Showtime. And I generally... Like, if we're going to watch TV, I like watching 
series of shows. I don't really, I, I don't like movies. It's really hard to get me to watch a movie. I would much rather watch a season of something. But lately, I've realized I love indie movies. I love movies with no clear reason, with, you know, those movies that you watch where you don't really know where it's going, and then suddenly it just ends, and there's no point. It's just like, what? wait, what? Those are my favorite kind of movies, where you watch it, and at the end, you're like, no, that can't be the end. I, I love it. I love those type of movies. I love genuinely being interested and watching something and not knowing which direction it's going to go and it just ends. I mean, it's it's truly art and trying to figure out like the point of view of the director and what what point they were trying to get across. I just I love it. I like cerebrally what it does for me, you know, just making me think and making me uh, appreciate, you know, what the, the art of the movie. And also it just keeps me entertained and connected to the movie because it's not like a Hallmark film or any other movie where protagonist, antagonist, you know, the, the problem solved at the end of the day, the end. Um, also, I've been watching a ton of TV because I've been laying around. Um, If you haven't watched Bling Empire, I think it's on Netflix. I binged the whole thing before I heard anybody else talking about it. And I think I liked it, but I, I don't, I didn't even realize, like I heard Heather McDonald talking about it on her podcast, Juicy Scoop. You better be listening. It's the best. Um, And I'm like, ooh, did I finish that? And then I went back and looked and I watched the whole season. It's a really short season, um, but I think I liked it. I, 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 I have no, um, it wasn't something that I was obsessed with, obviously, because I can't remember, but it wasn't so bad that, that, you know, I think I enjoyed it, but nothing to write home about. Uh, just something fun and easy to watch, kind of like, what's that other real estate show? It was on Netflix. It was really pretty. I don't know. It's just kind of a whatever show, but it's it's fun to binge if you don't have anything else and to not do it with your husband. Mm, man, there's one other thing or one other story I was going to tell you about, and I feel like it has to do... Oh, um, I kind of want to watch Sex in the City, like start it all over again on HBO. And the truth is, y'all, I'm going to... I'm going to tell you something. I've never watched Sex and the City. Now, I've seen both movies and I have watched a couple of episodes here and there, but I never, I don't remember where I was in life when it, when, when it was going on, but I didn't, I didn't have HBO at that time. I know that. The first that I ever um, watched of it, I think was when the first movie came out and I had known about it. I know people talking about it. I mean, it's kind of like friends, like everybody is obsessed with it. Um, but I want to go back and watch it. Um, so I think I might do that and just something kind of exciting to start from the very beginning. I hope it can hold my attention. Also speaking of HBO, one of my 
favorite shows is called In Session. It's, it shows um, this therapist and it just really bounces around like, let's say, you know, the first season, there's four different patients. The entire show, one episode is you're sitting in the office with let's say Joe, then the next episode, you're sitting in the office with Amy, then the next episode, Sean, then the next episode, Derek. And then it starts all over again. And you're seeing the second session of this person. Uh, You know, it's, it's truly like being in session with, um, a therapist, except you're not really seeing any other parts. You see some of his life, but really episode by episode, and, you know, you have to wait four episodes before you get back around to see what's happening in this, you know, in the first person, in Amy's life or whatever. Hold on. I have to take another drink. But that I love, love, love watching. It's a very relaxing. Oh, I just love that show. I think that's it. I think I've done a pretty good job of covering things. If I haven't hit me up, let me know. <sighs> I'm really happy with my body. I'm I'm at peace. I feel I feel good. I'm excited. I miss the world. Like I was feeling really sad after a week I got tired of laying around and I missed the family time in the mornings and the evenings and so it feels good to be back to normal in that way. But I really think I'm going to stretch out my recovery time simply because I can't. Why the hell wouldn't I? Oh, that's what I was going to talk to you about. Steven and I were talking the other day and sometimes we talk about this, like if we didn't have Blue Lion, what would we want to do? And you know, my all-time dream job would be to be a professional podcaster, professional, whatever the hell that means. But to monetize this and get paid. That would be a freaking dream. But other than that, I don't know. The scary part is, and the weird part, like say if I had to go out and get a job, okay? I, I, I have a 12th grade education plus cosmetology school. I didn't go to college. I, you know, on paper, if you didn't, you know, I did hair for 10 years and then I've been the president of a company that Stephen and I founded uh, for going almost 10 years now. But that's, it's just the weirdest thing. I have no credentials other than the life experience, you know, and the leader that I've become, but I have nothing, I, I have no, no diplomas, no, I have nothing to show for it. So it's like, who the hell would hire me? Who the hell? Like, okay, I am seriously curious if you would hire me to work for your company or if you think that I could get a job with a 12th grade education and know, like, I don't really know how, I don't know how to work the copy machine at our office whenever, I don't know how to do anything. The computer, I used to check emails and Google shit. I don't know how to do, um, what do you call it with all the, Excel don't know how to work that. I, I, I don't know how to do anything. What I am good at is people and culture and um, it, truly having a healthy work environment and 
yeah, I mean, I know operationally how I want things done, but to actually create a system to follow out operations, I suck at that. I mean, I, I just feel like I have no, my skills are what people would consider soft skills. And if I had to get another job, like if I actually had to get somebody to pay me a paycheck, who the hell would hire me? Asking for a friend, asking for myself, would you hire me? Um, I guess Stephen and I had been talking about this and I had a crazy dream the other night and I know nobody likes to hear, Hey, I had a crazy dream. Can I tell you? No, bitch, no one cares, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Um, I had this dream that I was, you know, I, I needed to make an income. I needed to bring home money, but I was in this position, like, I don't know what the hell to do. And suddenly I thought, what about foot fetish modeling? And I was seriously thinking, like, there are people who, you know, um, I could be a cam girl, but just with my feet. And I could get paid. This, I felt so serious, like, and then I'm going back and forth. I'm like, would Stephen care? More importantly, would Jesus care? Because it's, technically, it's just my feet. But it's considered pornography. I don't know. So... I have, I think I have pretty damn cute feet. They're size six. They're actually super wide, which you wouldn't be able to tell by looking at it, but they're essentially square. When I try to fit in shoes, I have to, it's bad. But I have very cute feet visually. And I do think I could make a few dollars on foot fetish modeling. Um, but save that. And then in the dream, I was also like, what if I did uh, OnlyFans? Is that what it's called? OnlyFans, yeah, uh, account. And I just did more, you know, foot fetish things. And then maybe I'm like, Moo, maybe, maybe I'll do a Patreon, which if you're kind of new to the podcasting thing, it's, it's where you pay, you know, a monthly subscription or donate essentially to your, your, um, to a, an artist, say me. And so I'm like, what if I charge people like, $2 a month because that's something where people are like, you know, it's no big deal. I'll go ahead and do that. But then, you know, it, it creates another level where I would feel more safe in discussing things. And maybe I could like really tell details of my life and business and stuff that I would never share on a regular podcast. And then I'm like, okay, $2 a person. And then if I had like 20 people or however, I'm like, oh God, $2 is not enough. But $5 may seem a bit much for a monthly. So stupid, but maybe brilliant. And I, I have no right to ask you to pay me for any content right now because I, I have been so inconsistent with my delivery to you. So I've not earned a cent from you. You need to fall in love with me and fully trust me before I'd say, hey, come over and pay you know, $2 a month or whatever for a subscription to hear me do the same damn thing except deeper. But to do that though, I wonder how much Steven would let me share because I'd probably be willing to share a lot. But, you know, I have a husband and a family and I don't know. But you know what? If, if we got to whore me out somehow, if it's either my deepest, darkest secrets of our marriage, uh, you know, and our family or a foot fetish modeling, he might choose, you know, some deepest, darkest secrets. So we'll see. 
I would, you know, I think I've talked about this before, but I would love to do like interior decorating and podcasting and maybe I could take up jewelry making. That's romanticized, but I would probably hate that. But I don't know. Podcasting would be my number one. Just figure out how to monetize that. But that would be a very slow rising. And if I really needed to make money, I would probably just go work at H-E-B or something. I don't know. Okay, let's see. Let me see how long have we been talking now? Ooh, almost an hour. Wowie, wowie. And I actually think I covered everything I wanted to. So thank you so much for listening. Please, please leave us five stars on iTunes. And by we, I mean me because it's literally just me talking into my phone. Please, I know I'm unworthy, but please leave me five stars and a written review of how much you love me and I love you too. And DM me if you, uh, if I missed anything or if you want, you know, me to cover anything else, but I've missed you. I love you. Catch you later.